Well, welcome back, everybody, to Story Symbol Spirit, a podcast on how to make sense of scripture. My name is John McCambridge, and I am joined this week for episode 52, as always, by my co-host. I'm Jackie Mitchell. Jackie Mitchell. Jackie, how how are we doing this week? Doing great. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I like that. You know, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, culturally relevant things to, to talk about. <laughs> and you know what? Huh? We're getting into like movie award season. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Right. Uh, are you like a movie fan? Now we know you don't like Marvel movies. We've discussed that, but well, do you like, like, do you usually try to watch the like best picture nominees? Mm, not in the theaters or anything like that. Like if they're on streaming and I get around to it. Yeah. I don't go to the movies a lot though. I feel like I, my, I have friends that are like really into those Yeah, and they go to the movies oh, yeah. like, yeah, all the time. Yeah, we've got some people on this on the yeah. staff that love movies. Yeah, absolutely. And they basically see every Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jen and I do every year try to watch all of the like best, the best picture, picture nominees. It's good practice. And the thing about best picture nominees is it's like they're almost always depressing and dark. That's true. Kind yeah. It puts you into like a yeah. little bit of a funk. What's your favorite movie? Um, I really like Interstellar and I really like the usual suspects. Interstellar. I like both those movies. Those are like my those are both two. good choices, Thank Jackie. You. I was kind of hoping to trick you into saying like Bad Boys 2 or something no. like that. But, but Interstellar, really great good. movie. That's yeah. top five for me, yeah. probably. I agree. Um, well, obviously. It's have you ever, yeah, you agree. You just told me <laughs> it was also favorite. top two for me. Maybe, so, maybe, yeah. maybe top one. <laughs> How about, um, have you ever seen Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Mm-mm. Is it no? good? Is that oh. your top? What's your top movie? That's my, fa- I think that's my favorite movie. Okay. I'll add it to my list. And then of course, Braveheart is in my Braveheart's top five. Braveheart's good. Uh, Interstellar, Interstellar is probably yeah. in my top five, and then beyond that, I, I always have trouble like like remembering a movie. <laughs> I, sometimes, <laughs> like, like you know, which, you've seen a movie, and seen? you're like, I couldn't name one character. I couldn't yeah. tell you what happened. I know I thought it was kind of good. Yeah, um, the the movie I, that I saw this year that I think is really good. And I don't think it's going to win any awards, but it is nominated for some stuff. Mm-hmm. Is Past Lives. I I didn't see it. So uh, that's that's very. It's one of those movies that's like, it's like um, it pulls on your heartstrings, mm, mm-hmm. but not necessarily in a sad and depressing, tragic way. Okay. But just kind of in a way that like evokes like longing and like mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a very sweet story. Um, and but it's like you know it's like serious. Like it's not it's not like did you ever watch the television series This Is Us? No, but I know it. Yeah. It was basically just a series where it was like every week. It's like, how can we make people cry? Yeah. My mom was watching that for a while. <laughs> like she was like crying up. every week. That's I think like, I remember. Oh, yeah. I know. And so I started to watch that. And Jenna and I did. And, and you know, it was like every week we were sad. And then after like a season, I was like, now hang on a second. <laughs> I don't want to do this This is to a myself. formula. They're yeah. just saying like, here's a thing in the plot line that if this happened, everyone would cry. Yeah. And then everyone would watch it and everybody would cry and be like, oh my gosh, this movie's so good. Look how much I'm crying. Yeah. It's like, all right, that's... that's It's not good. It just that's made a you lot. cry. Yeah. Um, all right. What, what's some other uh, important international news? Oh, I have one. Oh, wow. You closed on a house. I, yeah, I did. You're a homeowner. I know. Congratulations, Isn't that crazy? Jackie. I did yesterday. Now, here's the test. I thought they were going to say, we're, we're pranking you at our closing. Yeah. Like, you get nervous. They're it was me like, the whole time mind. behind it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jackie. You just show kidding. up in the boardroom. <laughs> yeah. like, hey. <laughs> you just signed your whole life over to me. <laughs> there is no house. Josh, I was just crying. <laughs> uh, this is a good test for our listenership. Because listen, when I, you know, when we talk about grape nuts, 
People come up people to us in the hallway, they ask. They ask. They talk about it. When uh, you mispronounce paradigm, people know. They send me emails. I know. And I we know. hear about I'll it. I'll never live that one down. So now I've said something good about your life. So an accomplishment you've made. Let's, Let's see, see if, if anybody says, says anything. anything. <laughs> because, you know, I'm willing to completely just uh, tailor our content towards clicks. So if it's just if bad, it's just bad things, things in your I life, do. Yeah, or like then I will make the show completely about that. <laughs> And that was what Jackie's this, bad take of the week. Yeah. Story, symbol, spirit of podcast on Jackie's bad takes. And we can just basically become popular by everybody getting mad at you. Everyone commenting. She's not right. She's not right. <laughs> She's wrong. Um, well, anyways, congratulations on, on buying a house. That's exciting. I know you guys have been trying to do that for a while, working hard. Yeah. We were saving so, money. We were so excited that I was telling you before we started, we just invited two of our friends over yeah. when we got the keys and we didn't have any furniture in it or anything. <laughs> just me and Josh and yeah. like two of our friends oh, just standing in our house. Like and it. we were like, well, we live here now. And we all were like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> cool structure. It's just an empty house. We need to have like overhead lights anywhere. It's like dark. <laughs> are you planning on adding furniture or are you kind of going, uh, we'll see. You're kind we'll of going see for the a budget. vibe? Yeah. I kind of like that. You could just, you could pretend like you're doing something alternative and edgy. Like, <laughs> Oh no, I'm minimalist. Oh, you guys use furniture? Oh, oh interesting. I'm like way past that. Mm, like spiritually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, spiritually past that. All right. Well, uh, Jackie, I mean, for goodness sake, enough about you. Right. Uh, let's get into the Bible, <laughs> right. which is what this podcast is actually about. Right. right. So where are we right now? Which, wh- where are we in this story? Yeah. I can't even remember. Well, Jacob just wrestled with God. Ah. Which is crazy. That was, yeah, that was Mind blowing episode. And he did that kind of like on the eve of what he thought might be his death because he's gotten word that Esau's coming uh, to meet him, right? Yeah, 400 men. So he kind of split his camp up that he was traveling with into mm. two different groups, essentially to save at least one camp. Right. So to some degree, he's preparing to meet his brother in maybe a, a clash, kind of like mm-hmm. a fight. So he's kind of already on edge and then he wrestles with God and then <laughs> God changes his name. Which might be a little disorienting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not a good night's sleep before like a big test kind of, you know I was kind of thinking about, wouldn't it be funny like if this happened to you and then you had to tell people like, they're like, oh, hey, Jacob. You're like, that's not my name anymore. That's not my name anymore. They're like, what's your name? It's it's a long story. It's a long story. (laughs) Last night I wrestled with God. (laughs) Someone said that to me. I'd be like, oh, okay. All right. Now, if you ever tell me that, I'm not going to believe you. (laughs) So, so yeah. So we did this thing where um, on the banks of the the Yabak Mm -hmm. River, uh, which is actually the Jordan River. It's like a little mm-hmm. offshoot of the Jordan River. And Jacob was wrestling with God, demanded a blessing. Mm-hmm. His thigh became wounded. Mm-hmm. His name got changed to Israel, mm-hmm. uh, which means wrestles with God. And all of this deep symbolism we really dug into last episode. And so uh, if if any of you listening have not heard that, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. Uh, we, we talked at the end of last week, and I think this is an important point that Jacob is becoming a picture of what we called contending faith. Mm -hmm. Because Abraham was what? He was the picture of patient faith. Patient faith, faith, right? Waiting, believing Mm -hmm. in God. And uh, Jacob uh, kind of becomes the, 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 uh, his life becomes a pattern of this contending faith, Mm -hmm. this wrestling faith. And, And we kind of said that we think symbolically he wrestles with God here climactically because in all of his wrestling with all these other people in his life, it has always been him wrestling with God. Mm-hmm. God preparing him to be the one who goes into the promised land and begins the redemptive nation and mission of, of Israel. And uh, so, you know, the, the, the picture of Jacob wrestling with God kind of distracts us from, <laughs> from where we were already in the story, which is what today's episode is about, which is there's somebody who may be potentially 
coming with 400 men to, to yeah. kill him. It's like the the climax so. of like Jacob's life so far. Here, yeah. I feel like these, these couple of chapters here. Yeah. And so the last thing that we heard from Esau was that he was going to kill Jacob. Right. And then the last thing that we saw was that Esau was coming towards him with 400 men. Mm-hmm. So... So um, we can put two to, two uh, together and at least assume maybe the yeah. thought is. And, and it seems like that's kind of what Jacob's doing, right? Yeah. He's like. Well, how can you draw any other conclusion if you're Jacob? Right. <laughs> right. So um, we talked last time about how Esau has seemed to become ingrained in Canaanite culture. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's <laughs> kind of with the Horites in a city called Seir. And uh, Jacob has to cross this territory to get to the promised land. Mm-hmm. And we can see in his prayer and in his priorities that he he finds it really important to get to the promised land and to uh, take seriously the promises that God has mm-hmm. given him, which means that he's seeing well, you know, he's judging good and evil well, which has come from this this life of wrestling that God has prepared him for, for this moment. Uh, and he is willing to give up most of his estate to Esau mm-hmm. in order to protect his wife and his children and uh, <laughs> to get to the promised land. So he sends a delegation to Esau and then finds out that Esau's coming towards him with 400 men. Yeah. So today we will see the long awaited encounter. So we kind of wonder how it's going to go, right? Yeah. Why don't we begin with reading the first three chapters of Genesis 33? The first three verses, yeah. The first three chapters. (laughs) I was like, whoa, I'll read a lot. The first three chapters of one chapter. Go ahead. (laughs) Let's just start with three verses. (laughs) Genesis 33, one through three. Jacob looked up and there was Esau coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two female servants. He put the female servants and their children in front, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph in the rear. He himself went on ahead and bowed down on the ground seven times as he approached his brother. So remember that whenever uh, the translation says that someone looked up, it's mm-hmm. almost always actually saying in the, in the Hebrew that he lifts up his eyes. Mm-hmm. So this has to do with seeing and vision and judgment and all the stuff that we've been talking about. He sees Esau with 400 men, yeah. just like was promised. And so Jacob starts to put his family in order. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people have a very ungenerous mm-hmm. um, interpretation of, of what he's doing <laughs> here. Um, but I think that it's actually pretty clear. Like I think what Jacob is doing here is he goes first. Yeah. Because he's the leader of the house, right? And there might be danger. Mm-hmm. And so he steps first. And then he orders the, like he actually orders the rest of his household. He puts the rest of his household in order. Mm-hmm. So not that this is good or bad, but we already talked about how Jacob seems to have an order of his family. Yeah, absolutely. A hierarchy yeah. of his wives. And yeah. in polygamous cultures, there is always a first wife. And to be fair, he didn't want to be polygamous. Right. Right. was tricked into marrying Leah. So, yes, yeah. true. That is true. So, you know, you, would you favor the wife you initially intended to marry? <laughs> yeah, probably. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so Jacob, I think what he's doing here to Esau is we're going to see him, you know, we've already seen him refer to Esau as Lord. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see him continuing to give this kind of deference to him. And so I think yeah. what Jacob's doing is he's formally presenting his household to Esau as one would to a king mm-hmm. who was coming through, Right. And so you put the, you know, he goes first and then it's the the least of his house, which is the servants. And then Leah mm-hmm. and her children, uh, who's basically second wife. Mm-hmm. And then Rachel and her child, mm-hmm. who is basically first wife. Mm-hmm. And so in the sense of the way that you would think about, symbolically about families at this time, she's kind of the queen. Yeah. And so she is there 
at the end with with her child. And so very, very formal presentation, like he's presenting yeah. his family to a superior. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I don't think this really means that Jacob thinks that, you know, the people in front are more disposable than the mm-hmm. people in the back. Like you kind of have to think about this logically. Esau has 400 men. Yeah, so ordering them. Like if he wants to slaughter everybody, Yeah, it won't will. really matter. Yeah. This isn't like a strategy of like, mm-hmm. well, if Esau gets a little out of control, let's make sure he kills Leah. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, if if that's what Esau's intentions are, he's going to do he's it. He's going to do right? it, yeah. And so I think this is actually a formal presentation mm-hmm. of his family to someone in a way that you would present to a superior, to, mm-hmm. to a king. And then Jacob bows down seven times as his brother approaches. And so, you know, bowing is the, the age old sign of submission, mm-hmm. surrender. And seven times represents perfection or completion mm-hmm. in, in the Hebrew Bible. And so he's basically perfectly submitting yeah. to his his older brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so let's just read one verse here because this is like the kind of the climax of the story. Yeah. Okay, so, J- so Esau's approaching mm-hmm. and Jacob presents his family in this way, bows down seven times. If there's going to be slaughter, this is it, mm-hmm. right? So let's do 33 verse four. But Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed him and they wept. Mm. So think about this, like, you know, this is, I mean, first of all, shout out to Jacob. Yeah. He didn't get murdered by his it's brother. Great. So this is fantastic. We don't have a Cain and Abel situation yeah. in our hands, right? That That's important, right? The question, uh, when you think about the story aspect of the Bible, yeah. is we read the story about Cain and Abel, twins, we said, mm-hmm. who ended up one of them killing the other. Mm-hmm. Here, uh, was that going to happen? Yeah. That's the question. Is that how this is going to end? And instead, it, it does not. Now, there's some important symbolism here, I think. Um, it says that Esau runs to Jacob. Um, in terms of what we read last week, why is that kind of interesting that Esau's running? Jacob can't. <laughs> yeah, he limps. His hip just got hurt. Yeah. yeah. He's wounded, Yeah, right? Um, so Jacob walks with a limp, but Esau runs to him. And, you know, he, he embraces him. Yeah instead of fighting him. Yeah, because he could be running at him to just choke him out. Yeah, or, you know? yeah exactly. Yeah, you, know, you don't know until just that last moment of like, yeah. the hug. Did you ever see the movie Troy? No. Oh my Is gosh. The scene at the beginning, uh, Brad Pitt runs at the giant, oh. like sprints at him and then jumps up into the air and stabs him in the neck and he dies. It's like, it's like crazy scene. It's like maybe that. So maybe he's type doing that. <laughs> maybe he stops running. <laughs> he's running just yeah. to get him. But instead, he embraces him. Mm. Uh, I heard a commentator say that it's kind of interesting. They are different words, but the word embrace is very, very similar to the word wrestle. Mm. So, you know, wrestle means fight, mm-hmm. like in terms of semantic range. So Israel means wrestles with God. Mm. In a way, it means fights with God, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like a contest. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of instead of wrestling, he embraces him and then he kisses him. Mm. And in the Bible, kissing oftentimes is a sign of <laughs> of unity and forgiveness, right? Yeah. And there are some elements of the story symbolically that it kind of seems like Jake uh, that Jesus picks up in his parable uh, of of um, of the prodigal son, the prodigal son, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Because what? How does the father meet the son? He gets up and runs. He runs and he kisses him, and then he kisses him. He forgives him. Puts a ring on his finger, right? Yeah. So again, like one thing that we don't always understand about New Testament uh, writers and people is, especially like people like Paul and Jesus is like their whole life is the scriptures. Mm-hmm. 
it's not like the Bible is a little piece of their life and then they have this other secular worldview that they're involved mm-hmm. in. It's like, mm-hmm. no, they understand the world through scripture. And so when Jesus comes up with a parable of what forgiveness looks like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's an accident that he uses right. very specific symbols that you see in the quintessential story of forgiveness in the Old Testament, which yeah. is right here. And so he runs, he embraces him, he, <clears throat> he, he, he kisses him. And just like think about in terms of their story, their history, what that kiss means, mm. that forgiveness, you know, that's like a really, really beautiful moment. Yeah. And they weep together mm-hmm. because you know this with siblings, like your, your, your brothers, you know, your flesh and your flesh and bone with each other. Yeah. And these brothers have been torn apart in strife and now they're, they're brought back together again and reunited in mm-hmm. forgiveness. Yeah. So one of the themes of the new Testament is going to be Jew and Gentile. Yeah. The, you know, Paul talks about the wall of hostility has mm-hmm. been broken down, which means that Jew and Gentile, uh, brothers in terms of humanity, driven apart in strife, yeah. in Christ and forgiveness are supposed to come back together. Yeah. And so here again, you have a picture of this, you have a precursor of this. And there is something about siblings that, like, you know, there's like a love mm-hmm. that's hard to describe. And mm-hmm. it's, and it's, it's, it's confusing to us because it's like that love that's deeper than you're able to really articulate is present. And at the same time, a lot of times you want to like fight the other person. (laughs) (laughs) You want to like hit that. My, my brother moved back to Columbus. So he's been out of the the city for a long time. He's five years younger than me and we were best friends our whole life. Mm -hmm. And so I think I mentioned on the podcast that he, uh, whenever he's around, Jenna gets annoyed because we revert to our 16 year old self. So this is like a big problem in our life now because he's here. So I'm basically just a 16-year-old again. But he came to church the other day and I'm having a conversation with somebody at coffee, at the coffee station. And he comes up and like taps me on the shoulder and like, you know, like shoves shoves me a little bit, you know, like just what's up, man. And so then I turn around and see him and I'm like, hey, what's up? And I push him and I push him right into somebody who's getting (laughs) coffee. I told Jenna this story and she's like, he's been here for like a week. Why are you guys shoving Already each other? wreaking <laughs> havoc in the church because he showed up. So there is this beautiful thing about siblings and brothers. And, and so you see this reconnection, this forgiveness, mm. this reunification here between these two brothers. It's very obviously emotional for them. Mm-hmm. And so there's kind of an interesting question. Like, why does Esau forgive Jacob? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think that like, this is one of those things that sometimes when you read the Bible, you just have to be okay with the fact that we're not told. Yeah. Like we don't know, like it is possible. I mean, he brought 400 men. That's weird. Yeah. It's possible that he was intending mm. to kill his brother. And then when he saw him, he saw him. Yeah. You know, I heard a rabbi, <laughs> this is weird. I'm weird, but I heard a rabbi yeah, well. one time talk about this passage. Mm-hmm. And he said that in the, at this time, there was really no such thing as a mirror. Mm. So you only kind of know what you look like from reflections that you've seen in water, yeah, some kind of natural yeah. phenomena. And so you do kind of know what you look like, but you're not that familiar with yourself. What happens when you see someone who looks like you? Mm. You know, what happens That's psychologically? Wild. Yeah. I mean, they even say that a lot of times, I don't know if this is true or if this is like a wives tale. Do you yeah. know what I'm going to say? Yeah, I think so. Go ahead. Yeah, that you wouldn't recognize yourself if <laughs> yeah. you saw a clone of yourself. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if that's true or not, but it's crazy. Yeah. But you do like, it is interesting. Like we are so used to looking at ourselves, mirrors, pictures, right? What if you never did 
But, you know, you had these moments of seeing a reflection of yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you saw your twin brother. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Right? And so there is something here, like maybe that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, or maybe God had a conversation with him like God had a conversation with Laban. Yeah, that's true. Because Laban was going to kill Jacob too. Mm-hmm. And then God told Laban, like, don't, you know, don't, don't do don't that. You don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we, we don't really know, but, but I think the important thing to realize about this moment is that finally Jacob is given rest from his life of wrestling. Yeah. Right. Uh, he wrestled with Esau in the womb and then he wrestled with Esau for his birthright. And then he wrestled with Isaac for the blessing. And then again, wrestled with Esau when he escaped him, when he wanted to kill him. And then he wrestled with Laban for 20 years. Then he wrestled with Yahweh. And now he comes to the very person he's been wrestling with the longest, Esau. Uh, and um, he's ble- and God had, has just blessed him. Yeah. And he gets rest from that. And so there's forgiveness, there's reconciliation, there's rest. Pretty, pretty, uh, mm-hmm. pretty cool moment in, in the story for, oh, yeah. for Jacob. And so then let's do five through seven. Then Esau looked up and saw the women and children. Who are these with you? He asked. Jacob answered, they're the children God has graciously given your servant. And the female servants and their children approached and bowed down. Next, Leah and her children came and bowed down. Last of all, Joseph and Rachel, and they too bowed down. Yeah, so again, Esau sees Jacob's family or he lifted up his eyes mm-hmm. and saw Jacob's family. And he asks about them. And it's kind of interesting what Jacob's answer is, right? Mm-hmm. What does Jacob, how does Jacob say? He what what the, does he say? The children God blessed me with. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I, I find this kind of language from, you know, the people in the Old Testament that it's trying to show us their faith. I, I find it like very touching mm-hmm. that, you know, um, a, a, a woman, and, and we'll see this pattern happen a lot, a woman struggles to have a child. Yeah. Then when she does, she, she said, praises God. Yeah, praise God. He's given me this. He's given me yeah. this. She doesn't say, look at what I just did. Yeah, finally I yeah. did this or or someone else did this for yeah. me. There's a there is a recognition of the the sovereignty and the power and the graciousness of God. Yeah, for sure. Even in something like a struggle, because it would be easy to look at a life of struggle like Jacob has had, or in in terms of what we were just talking about, a life, a, a, a period of time trying to conceive and not being able to, and being like, well, if it was really a blessing from God, like I wouldn't have gone through that struggle. Mm. But instead, what you see over and over again in the Bible is people who come up across very unfortunate circumstances, when they come through the other side, their response is not, why did God make me go through that? It's, Praise God yeah. for delivering me. Yeah, and something has happened in that process, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so uh, uh, he says that these are the children that, that uh, God has uh, graciously given me. Uh, I heard I, I read a commentary that it would have been easier for him to say that these are the children that God has blessed me with, mm-hmm. um, because the the Hebrew word for for uh, graciously given is is a different word than blessed. Mm-hmm. It's kind of rare. And the word for blessed, Barak, is used a lot. Mm. And so there's this kind of like theory amongst commentators that, uh, I think this is entertaining. I don't know if it's true, but it's entertaining that maybe he's using this word because he uses this word, uh, Hanan, rather than Barak, um, because he's trying to not remind his brother about the blessing. The blessing. <laughs> <laughs> So could you imagine him like uh, with his family before they went here, like 
Whatever you do, don't, don't say, say blessing, blessing or birthright. <laughs> so, and, and nothing about stew either. <laughs> yeah, don't, okay, guys. Lentils are no out. Soup. <laughs> no soup. None of this conversation. Um, and so we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get to this in a second. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting. It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of a rare word. Mm-hmm. And it's not typically used when, you, when you're talking about it in this way. And so uh, maybe there is something to that. It's just kind of interesting. Yeah. Like it's going really well. So there's always that scene in the movie, especially like uh, comedies that love awkwardness yeah. where there's a, a tense moment and then it seems to be going well. And then, and then someone something, says something yes, or something uh, yeah, happens exactly. that like turns it back. And so I could just imagine that he's like, who are these, who are these children? Oh, these, they're this, my blessings. They're my, bl- that's the, what God has graciously given me. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he's trying not to say it. So uh, the family of Jacob is very formally presented and mm-hmm. they bow down to him according to rank, beginning with the servants and ending with Rachel and Joseph. And so, uh, you know, again, this is very formal. Yeah. There's still this air that Jacob is is showing about Esau being his superior. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, they bow down. So, so Jacob and his family bows down to Esau. Correct. So when you think back to the blessing that, that Isaac gave to Jacob, mm-hmm. Genesis 27, 29. Will you read that? Yeah. What does it say about Jacob, the blessed? Mm. He, Isaac said, may nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. So the destiny of Jacob, Mm -hmm. because he received the blessing that was rightfully his, but that his father wanted to give to Esau, Mm -hmm. was for his brothers to bow down to him. Mm -hmm. And now here, he's bowing down to Esau, right? Yeah. So Jacob has so far basically offered Esau the inheritance of Isaac as well as his own destiny. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's not offering Esau his children, mm-hmm. which is the, the multiplication of the, the offspring. And he's not offering Esau the promised land. Mm-hmm. These are the two most important things that God has promised to, to, to Jacob, but he's basically offering him everything mm-hmm. else, mm-hmm. including this rank yeah. that his father gave him. Yeah. Your brothers will bow down to you. And so, you know, eventually what we're going to see throughout the story of the Bible is that Edom, which is the people that come from Esau, they will bow down to Israel. Mm-hmm. But right here, Jacob is climactically reversing the stealing, quote unquote, of Isaac's blessing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's that's pretty cool symbolism. Yeah, he absolutely. gets the inheritance, he offers the inheritance. Yeah. He gets the blessing, your brothers will bow down to you, he bows down to his brother. Mm-hmm. He's just I think like trying to make it very clear that he's he have it. submitting, yeah. right? Um uh, because he wants to go to the promised land. Mm-hmm. And so uh, let's do let's do uh, 8 through 11. Esau asked, "What's the meaning of all these flocks and herds I met?" To find favor in your eyes, my Lord, he said. But Esau said, I already have plenty, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. No, please, said Jacob. If I have found favor in your eyes, accept this gift from me. For to see your face is like seeing the face of God now that you have received me favorably. Please accept the present that was brought to you, for God has been gracious to me, and I have all I need. And because Jacob insisted, Esau accepted it. Mm. So here's Jacob attempting to restore the very thing that Esau has been upset about. And then he feels like Jacob Mm. has stolen from him. And, you know, we, we interpreted this differently and we kind of made it seem like Jacob was not in the wrong mm-hmm. for this stuff. 
But Esau thought he was. Yeah, for sure. And so he thought he's stealing from him. And Jacob is here um, insisting that Esau accept his gift, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so he's essentially restoring the inheritance, the material inheritance um, to Esau. Um, and it's interesting because Esau is hesitant to take the tribute. Yeah. Right. Um, and so who knows, like maybe it's pride, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we don't always like accepting gifts. Mm-hmm. I heard somebody, uh, there's kind of like a weird thing to take from this passage and make a sermon about, but I heard someone give a sermon about this. Like we actually do struggle to accept the gospel mm-hmm. as the grace of God because we really actually in our heart of hearts want to be able to do something to earn it. Yeah. And so, you know, accepting gifts is not always easy for people, mm-hmm. right? Accepting compliments is not always easy for people. Mm-hmm. There's something in our nature that kind of wants us to. So so maybe it's something like that, right? Maybe it's maybe it's pride uh, or maybe it's because um he actually does have this love in his heart for his brother mm-hmm. that he that he sees now face to face. Um but Regardless, it, it seems like he doesn't exactly want to accept the gift. And he says, I have plenty of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need your stuff. And Jacob insists and he says, please accept this gift from me. Mm-hmm. So gift here is guess what Hebrew word? <laughs> the blessing word. Yeah, Baraka. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is the word he hasn't been using. Yeah. Uh, but, um, and we were joking that maybe he was trying to avoid conflict (laughs) with his brother. But here at the climax of his restorative act, he uses that word. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, you think I stole your blessing and I'm making it right. And so accept this blessing. Yeah. So you kind of see this symbolic, very intentional over the top reversal of what their conflict was all about. And it actually seems like it ends up being quite an argument because at the end it says uh, in in English, our translation says, because Jacob insisted Esau accepted it. Mm-hmm. But that word that's translated insisted uh, is the Hebrew word uh, potsar, uh, which actually means pressed. Like he mm-hmm. pressed him, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the kind of like, this is the word they use for like pressing olives, you know? Yeah. So like he pressed him and so he took it. So I think it was kind of like maybe like a fight. Yeah, like yeah. Y- you could imagine Esau like I really don't need all these sheep. Like please just Yeah. Um but but he pressed him cuz he wants to make sure that their conflict is it's actually resolved. reversed. Yeah. Right? That the blessing is restored, that the inheritance is given back, all of that because he wants to go through to the other mm-hmm. side. Yeah. So now we get to this kind of tricky part where Esau is going to offer to escort him, mm-hmm. but Esau is going to offer to escort him back to Sire, which is not where Jacob's trying to go. So let's read 12 through 17. Then Esau said, let us be on our way. I'll accompany you. But Jacob said to him, my Lord knows that the children are tender and that I must care for the ewes and cows that are nursing their young. They're driven hard just one day. All the animals will die. So let my Lord go on ahead of his servant while I move on slowly at the pace of the flocks and herds before me at the pace of the children until I come to my Lord in Sair. Esau said, then let me leave some of my men with you. But why do that? Jacob asked. Just let me find favor in the eyes of my Lord. So that day Esau started on his way back to Sair. Jacob, however, went to Sakath, where he placed, where he built a place for himself and made shelters for his livestock. That is why this place is called Sakath. Yeah, so like I said, Esau uh, offers to escort Jacob, which is nice. Uh, but you will see that, you know, he's offering to escort him back to Seir. 
Which is not where we want to go. No, that's right. the Canaanite place where yeah. Esau is from, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's not where Jacob's trying to go. And so there's kind of this interesting moment here where it seems like Esau is assuming that because this has been reversed and this deference is being showed to him, that this is kind of going to be what their life is like now. Oh, he's like, you're back. Yeah. You'll come back with me to my clan and yeah. be like, kind of like under my rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He accepts. <laughs> and so uh, Jacob declines that offer. <laughs> And he says, no, like, go ahead. My children are frail Mm -hmm. and I have young sheep and cows and they're not going to be able to keep up with you and your 400 person army that you mysteriously brought here. brought for some reason. (laughs) And so you go ahead and I'll meet you in Seir. Now, uh, I have heard and read that what Jacob is saying here is not necessarily a lie. He, He could be saying like, I will, like, I'll visit you in Seir. Mm. Right. So like, it's not necessarily that he's deceiving Esau again. He's just saying like, I'm not going back with you to Seir. Yeah. Like you go. So I'll catch up later. Okay. We'll catch up. We'll catch up. And uh, so, so Esau goes back to Seir and Jacob goes to Succoth, which means uh, tent. Mm. Yeah. Or, or like, um, uh, you know, like fest, I think it's like festival of the booths. Yeah. Right. That, That festival is called Sukkoth. Mm, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. And so, uh, he, you know, I guess you know, he, he he sets up a shelter there. And so he calls it the word for shelter. It's not, not that creative. But. I love it. I love the namings in the Bible. <laughs> so you could come up with something better than that. Maybe. I know. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, he goes on. And that and that is, um, um, uh, we're going to see like where this is located, but he's obviously on his way to the promised mm-hmm. land, right? So let's do 18 through 20 and that'll wrap us up for today. After Jacob came from Padan Aram, he arrived safely at the city of Shechem in Canaan and camped within the site of the city. For a hundred pieces of silver, he brought from the, he bought from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, the, prop, the plot of ground where he pitched his tent. There he set up an altar and called it El Elohi Israel. Yes, Jacob arrives in Shechem and camps near that city. So Shechem is on the west side of the Jordan River. So he's mm-hmm. crossed the Jordan into the land of Canaan. And so he's in the promised land mm-hmm. and he's made it back. <laughs> so mm-hmm. think about the journey we've taken with him. Ridiculous. He went to go find a wife and it took him 20 what, years, like 20 some years. Four and he got near death experiences, two wives, wrestled with God, Yeah, made up with his brother. Here had he is. Had like 12 kids. And 12 kids back, back in the promised land. Oh my gosh. Uh, and so there's some, something kind of interesting here that connects to other stories that we've read. It says that he buys a plot of ground from Hamor. Mm. So Hamor is the father of the Hivites and uh, um, uh, Shechem is the patriarch of the tribe, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so Shechem is, uh, you know, from, from this region, right? The sons of Hamor, the, mm-hmm. the, the Hivites. And so this is going to be a very important next chapter, but um, uh, the, the man Shechem is going to be important. But do you remember there's, there's another there's another moment where there mm-hmm. was a plot of ground purchased. Do you remember yeah. what that story was? For Abraham's burial of his wife Sarah. Yeah. And it was he said, I'll buy this land. And they were like, No, we'll just, give, just it give it to you. you. And he said, No. Yeah. I'm gonna buy it. Right? Why did we say that that was important? We said he had already been promised the promised land. Yeah. So he wasn't gonna owe anyone anything right. in any regard. I don't need to take, I don't need to receive this from the Canaanites. I've already received it from God. It's God's promises yeah. to me, right? So he buys it. 
mm-hmm. almost like a down payment. Mm-hmm. And we kind of talked about symbolism of the Holy Spirit going forward mm-hmm. and, and all of that. But um, the same thing is happening here, right? Um, he, he insists on buying this land from these people. And so he buys it. And then you see echoes of Abraham again, because not only does he pitch his tent in Canaan, but what does he do at the end? He makes an altar. He makes an altar, which is exactly what Abraham was doing. Abraham was doing that all over the all place. All over the place. And uh, he calls upon the name of the Lord and he names the place El Elohe Israel. Mm. And so this is uh, tricky to translate because these words have quite a wide range of meaning, but mm. it either means God is the God of Israel, El is mm-hmm. the El of Israel, or mighty is the God of Israel because El can also mean mean mighty. It's cool that right. El means God and mighty, yeah. that that's synonymous with God. Right. Though. And it kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. Like, sure that there's words that are like that i can't really think of them but like yeah. where it's like yeah god is mighty so mighty is the same word as god yes yeah. <laughs> um so either way this is significant because jacob is back in the promised land and he's doing the things that the seed is supposed mm-hmm. to do things are looking up so all of this that has happened is like okay you're back in the promised land mm-hmm. um you received the blessing like you were supposed to mm-hmm. and you had to go on this detour, yeah. this crazy life of wrestling, but now you're back in the land. And so um, let's see how Jacob and his family mm-hmm. uh, does once they get back into the promise. Mm-hmm. Now, next chapter is a very uh, crazy story about the daughter, Dina, and something happens to her mm-hmm. and the brothers take revenge, Right. And so this is like, again, like, you know, one of the things I find so fascinating about the scriptures, even these old stories is the morality of this stuff is complicated. Oh yeah. Because it's like, you know, everybody believes that violence is bad Mm -hmm. until they're being attacked by somebody Mm -hmm. and need to defend Mm -hmm. themselves. Right. Everybody believes that uh, revenge is is a bad thing to pursue until you have something that you really want revenge for. Uh, And so, you know, we're going to see this really brutal story next time. Uh, And it's, it's just, it's interesting because like the, the, it's not like the story happens and then the narrator of the Bible comes in and says, and explains it to us. Good and bad about that. Yeah. Kind of like when Jesus teaches in parables. Yeah. And it's like, what What does that mean? And he's like, if you have ears he's to like, hear, well, here. if you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> he, wrote, he wrote it in yeah, the dirt. If you know, you know. What is it? I-Y-K. Y-K. Y-K. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jackie, you're so Gen Z. Um, uh, what can I say? So, so we're going we're gonna to see that story next time. And, you know, there is, but then there's, there's another part of that story where it's going to be pretty clear that the way that the brothers handle that not good. Yeah, for sure. And these are some of the older boys. Mm-hmm. And so it's, this is like, again, I think we made mm-hmm. this connection before. It's like succession mm-hmm. where it's like you have this guy who built the empire. Mm-hmm. He made it. Mm-hmm. Now he has these sons. Mm-hmm. They're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not the same. They're not the same. Something about whatever their upbringing or you mm-hmm. know whatever it is has made it so that whatever lit that fire in him that allowed him to build this thing. Mm-hmm. They don't have it. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're smart. Maybe they're intelligent. Maybe they have some gifts, but they don't have that thing that brought this corporation or company or movement to where it is. And it ends up fizzling. Mm-hmm. 
right? And so Jacob is, is going to, because he only has 11 sons right now, but Benjamin will be born at some point soon in the story. And he's going to have 12 sons. Mm-hmm. And you're going to read through this and you're going to be like, are any of these, like none of these kids are going to be able to do this. Yeah. And so that is basically true, except God provides. Yeah. And so we'll mm-hmm. see kind of how all that is is taken out. But this Absolutely. this next story is a really good example of that. Where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah. Okay. We're, the, the, these, these are, you know, I think it's the second and third son. Yeah. Who, who go out and do something crazy. And you're just kind of like, man, if this is what his sons are like, how is this all going to play yeah. out? How's this going to work? Uh, so we'll do that next week. Um, or we'll do that next time we get into the story. We might actually pause next week because mm-hmm. I feel like we're going too fast through the Bible. <laughs> so we might pause next week. There's something very important about uh, the Jacob and Esau story going forward because Paul is going to quote the Old Testament at one point in yeah. the letter in his letter to the Romans. Uh, I believe it's Romans chapter nine. And he's going to say this thing about Jews and Gentiles. And he's going to say something about how Jacob I loved, mm-hmm. Esau I hated. Mm-hmm. And that gets interpreted by our modern church in all kinds of ways in terms of election and predestination and Israel and Jews and Gentiles and all this stuff. And so um, I, I just, I, I think it's important maybe that at this moment, we might pause and and talk about that mm-hmm. for for a little bit next week, and to to talk about what Paul probably meant by that, or at least what my interpretation of what Paul means by that yeah. is, how that might vary from some of the things you've heard about that verse, um, even something as simple as what does it mean in the Bible when it says that that Esau was hated? Yeah, because we already saw something where it said that Leah was hated. Mm-hmm. But you read the story; it doesn't really seem like Leah's hated in the way we say. She hated. just got put second. Yeah, right. And so again, if Esau represents the Gentiles and Jacob represents the Jews, uh, Jacob I loved, Esau I hated, doesn't mean necessarily that Esau was hated in the way that we think. So mm-hmm. he was put second. So what does that mean for salvation? What does that mean for all this stuff? So uh, maybe we'll go through that next yeah, week. Cool. Um, but this is like a very, very pivotal story. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting through 32 chapters, 33 chapters, I kind of feel like we're like, we've gone through like eight stories that are like absolutely pivotal to our Sunday school yeah, growing up. I know. It's like, are they all from Genesis? Yeah, really most of them. There's some from Exodus, Exodus maybe. But, but then it drops off really. Yeah. yeah. And then there's some from like David and, That's and true. maybe yeah, judges Daniel, like Samson. Got a couple, yeah. But it's like a bunch of them are in Genesis yeah. oh, and like yeah. kind of early. The next Sunday school story will probably be Joseph. Joseph for sure. And then a big Moses. Sunday school one. Then yeah. Moses, yeah. And we drop off for a while. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we're, 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 we're taking our time, but these are important, important stories, right? Yeah, these are the patriarchs. And, you know, if you, if you want to uh, continue to, you know, pad our stats in terms of being the longest running podcast of all time, we need to go slow <laughs> because if we just like zoom through the Bible, like someone might catch up to us one day. Right. We run. want no one to have any chance yeah. of going any slower. Running the score up. <laughs> running the score up. All right, Jackie. Well, thank you uh, for this week. Anything else before we That's go? That's it. That's all I've got. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week on Story Symbol Spirit. Mm-hmm.